Well, good evening, good evening, good evening. My name's Milt Jones. I'm the lead pastor here at Ignite Depot. I want to thank you for joining us here tonight in Jesus' name. Man, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's freedom in the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. There's wholeness in the name of Jesus. It says in accordance to, believe it says in, in Philippians uh, chapter 2, verse 9, it says, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Man, I don't know about you, but I'm pumped up. I've been waiting all day long to get with you tonight and everything. And glory to God. Glory to God. God has a word for you in due season. Today is your day of breakthrough. Today is your day of freedom. Today is your day of restoration. Today is your day of wholeness. Today is your day of completion. Say that with me. Today is my day of freedom. Today is my day of healing. Today is my day of wholeness. Today is my day of new beginnings and a fresh start. In Jesus' name, amen. Today is your day. Again, my name is Pastor Milton Jones, I'm the lead pastor here at Ignite Depot. It's my privilege and honor to be able to, to come before you tonight. We're at a right now word of God, fresh from the throne of God. Man, he he was sharing some things with me all during the week. And I was talking to Pastor Jewin uh, earlier today, and I was just fired up. Because, you know, you, you just got to get to the point where you enough is enough. You know, they used to have an old saying back in the day. It says, I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Well, I'm not sick or tired. I just said I've had enough. I've had enough and I'm not putting up with your stuff. Say that to the devil right now. Say, devil, I've had enough of your stuff. And I ain't putting up with your stuff. No more. I resist you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Even before, as as we're, we're, we're preparing the message and preparing to come on, on live stream and everything, man, I had all kind of uh, uh, thoughts coming at me. And don't say that word. You better not tell them people that tonight. You better not get their hopes up. You better not do this. I mean, thoughts of fear and, and, and trying to get me to be quiet, not to say anything about what the word of God says. That already tells me this is the word he don't want you to hear. So buckle up, buttercup, because here we go in the name of Jesus. We're going to go ahead and make our declaration. And then we're going to go, oops, upside his head with the word of God tonight in the name of Jesus. It says this, in accordance in our declaration, in accordance to Isaiah 61 and 1, it says this. It says that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, the open of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And 
they shall raise the form of the installations, and they shall repair the waste cities, and they shall glory to God. Repair the desolation, the declaration of many generations. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus that you, that you have given us ears to hear and our eyes are anointed to see and our hearts are open and ready to receive the word of God that will ultimately change our lives forever. Father, we decrease. I decrease that you may increase. Father God, let our preaching and teaching not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be a demonstration of spirit and power that the faith of the people lie not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of the most high God. Father, I covenant with you for miracles, signs, wonders, manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as you see fit. Father God, let it be all of you and none of me. May you be glorified in all that is said and done. In Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say amen. Now and again, my name is Pastor Milton Jones. I'm the lead pastor here at Ignite Depot. Man, what a privilege. What an honor. Man, we, we're not even going to mess around tonight. We're going to jump right into the word tonight because, man, I tell you what, we ain't got no time to play with that adversary. We are no time to be messing around because he thinks he has a leg up on you, but I'm about to put you up on something tonight. He is already defeated and he know it. The only thing he, he's trying to do is convince you that he, he has more power than you. But if you're in the body of Christ, greater is he that's on the inside of you than he that is in the world, including the adversary in the name of Jesus. Now, if I was to give this message, a title would be part Five, glory to God, part five of a series we've been doing and talking about the greatest trick you never saw. The greatest trick you never saw. And the title of this message is, is when God says enough. I know, right? When he gave me that title, I'm like, what do you mean when God says enough? He says, I'm going to show you it, 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 it's going to come out very quickly. Now, one of the things that we, we labor to do here at Ignite is to, is to do this. It's through the simplicity of God's word that the burdens will be removed and yokes will be destroyed. It's as a result of it. It's not in complexity, but in simplicity. See, God said in his word, he says, it's so simple, a child could do it. It's so simple, a child will be able to understand it. Now, last week we were talking about there is therefore now no condemnation. Another way to say that is in accordance to Romans chapter eight, verse number one, it says this in a passion translation, case closed. Say it with me, case closed. In other words, he says the case is closed. He says there remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus. So if you are born again, if you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you have, have said, you know what, Jesus, I make you the head of my life. I believe what it is that you did for me on the cross. I believe that you laid your life down for me. I believe that you you paid the sin debt for, my, for every past, present, and, pre and future sin. I believe those things that you did, and I believe that you was resurrected on the third day, seated at the right hand of the Father, and now I'm in union with you. Union means common union. You're in communion with him. You, the two, have become one, and you says, now that I'm in union with you, the word of God says, there is no accusing voice of condemnation. God is not sitting up there pointing out every little 
fault that you made. He's not condemning you. He's not belittling you. He's not putting you on the shame show. He's not flashing all your business out there. God says, case closed. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God says, case closed. Turn to your other neighbor and say, hey, neighbor, God says, case closed. And point to yourself and say, hey, I want to remind you, God said, case closed. In other words, there's remaining no accusing voice of accusation, of condemnation against you. Now, we talked about last week, hey, where does that condemnation come from? If that, con if that condemnation is coming, where is it coming from? It says in 1 John chapter 3, it talks about how your heart is the one that's condemning you. It's your heart that's bringing it back to your remembrance. It's your own heart that's trying to play that song on loop. You know, back in it, you know, you got Spotify right now. And if you want to play the same track over and over again, you just put it on loop and it can go five times or it can go 500 times. It's going to play the same song over and over and over and over again. And that's the exact same thing that the adversary does when he's bringing condemnation or, or accusations against you. He's playing the same song over and over. You know what you did was wrong. You knew you shouldn't have done that. You knew you th you call yourself saved. You're supposed to be sister pray right. You're supposed to be brothers slay them down. You're supposed to be so holy. You're supposed to be saying that you're going to that church. Ain't nothing different about you. Ain't no you the same person you was before you made Jesus. You might as well leave that zero and come back with the hero. That's what the adversary is saying to you. But I'm going to put you on something. He is a liar. What? He's a liar. Not only is he a liar, the word of God says he's the father of lies. And according to John chapter 8, verse 44, it talks about how he was a murderer from the very beginning. And when he speaks, that he speaks in his native language because his native language is L-I-E lie. It's not that he, he has to lie. When he speaks, the only thing he can speak is a lie. Why? Because there is no truth in him. Even when he uses part of the truth, he's going to use part of the truth and he's going to twist it so he can get you so frustrated and so guilt bound and so wore down. And he's going to just keep saying the same thing to you over and over and over. Nobody cares about you. Nobody loves you. Nobody's thinking about you. Don't nobody ever want to be with you. Can't nobody stand you. They talking about you. Your mama talking about you. Your daddy talking about you. Your co-workers talk about you. Nine times out of ten, ain't nobody talking about you because they too busy talking about themselves. So you don't have to worry about them talking about you because it's all about them. So leave it alone. Turn to your neighbor and say, leave it alone. Turn to your other neighbor and say, leave it alone. Now point to yourself and say, hey, leave it alone. He's a lie. And you know, when he starts talking, you know what you tell him to do? Shut up in the name of Jesus. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to shut his little mouth up, but he's going to go in a little corner and he's got his little lips are still going to be moving like he don't think you can hear him. But you just shut up and get out in the name of Jesus. Now, I'm going to show you an example in the word of God. God showed this to me tonight. And I'm like, OK, he said this. He says, go back all the way to Genesis chapter three. When the adversary had convinced Adam and Eve that God was lying and what God told him was not 
the full truth. And, and they, they, they ended up rebelling against God. They revolted against God, God's way of doing things. When God told them, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, of, of all these other trees you could freely, but of that one tree, don't eat of it. For in the day that you do, you will surely die or you will separate yourself from God. What did the adversary say? You won't really die because God already know. The moment you do it, you're going to be just like him, knowing good and evil. Well, they were already like him. The only thing is they knew good, but they did not know anything about evil. Because in the kingdom of God, in God's, in God's system, his original plan, there was no evil involved. But let me tell you what God's response was even after they missed it. Because guess what, ladies and gentlemen, you gonna miss it in this lifetime. Hell, your boy gonna miss it. In fact, I missed it this week. You know what I was doing? Hey, you know what the adversary said to me? You can't tell nobody else nothing about no condemnation. You can't tell nobody else about me. You can't tell nobody else about darkness. You can't tell nobody else about light. You can't tell nobody else about this. And, and you know what I was like? Whoa, 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 whoa. You must have forgot. First John 1 9 says this. If you are, if you confess your faults. If you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I'm thank you for reminding me of just how good God is. And I, Father, I just want to acknowledge. If I had already acknowledged what I was, had done, Father, I just acknowledge what it is that I did. I ask you to forgive me right now and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. You know what the Father did? He was like, Son, already done. Jesus already paid for it. Get on back out there and do what I told you to do. He started, he started talking to me about what it is he had called me to do. He, now, the adversary was still trying to tell, uh-uh, uh-uh, that's not right, uh-uh, that's not right. See, you did this, so you don't qualify anymore. God says the blood of Jesus covered every sin you ever would do, past, present, and future. All you had to do is, I'm, oh, I'm going to teach y'all, I'm going to teach y'all this real quick. The, quick. the quick counseling session from Pastor Milton, this is how it works. Admit it. Quit it. Forget it. Admit what you did. Quit what you did, was doing and forget and go the other way. That's what it means to repent. I admit what I did was wrong. I, 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 I admitted it. I quit what it is that I was doing. And now I'm going to forget and I'm going to go the other way. Because you know what happens when you forget? When you stop talking about it, you know what God do? When you go back to God after you repent and start trying to talk to God about it again, he'd be like, what you talking about? Be like, Lord, you know what I'm talking about. He's like, what you talking about? He says, because the moment you admitted it, you quit it and you forget it. I, and, and I cleansed you of all righteousness. He says, I don't have a record of it. God is not holding against you. Now, how do you know that this because when Adam and Eve messed up in the garden, this is exactly what it is. God did said to them. And, and, and I'm going to read uh, Genesis three uh, verse. I'm going to read from verse seven through eleven. It says this. It says, then the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron like girdles. And they heard the sound of the voice the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to Adam. Now think about this. Adam and Eve clearly knew that they had messed up. Adam and Eve clearly knew that they had sinned against God. 
Adam and Eve clearly knew that they had went the wrong way. And the moment that they went the wrong way, the moment that they sinned against God, what God said would happen, happened. They separated themselves from God's way of doing things. And when they separated themselves away from God's way of doing things, then they took on a new nature that they had never known before. They took on the nature of the kingdom of darkness, even though all they knew up to this point was the kingdom of God. So what was the first thing that happened to Adam and Eve when they bowed their knee to say shame came on them? Shame. What did it say? It says that they gathered fig leaves together and girded like this. And what did they do? They, they covered themselves because they were naked. They up to that, they had been naked all along, but they now when they sinned, they realized that they were naked and they were ashamed. And what did he do? He put they made for themselves aprons. And when they heard the sound of the voice of the Lord walking in the day, what did they do? What's the next thing they did? They hid themselves and they ran from the presence of God. We talked about this last week, how when guilt and condemnation comes on you because your heart is, is condemning you, because your heart is reminding you of all the things that you did and how you missed it and how bad you messed up, the first thing you do, you don't run to God, you run from God. And God says, I need you to not to run from me, but I need you to run to me. And he and he went on to say this earlier in this week. He says, it's kind of like a child, a child. When a child is on the playground and he and little Bobby is on a swing and little Bobby falls off the swing and bumps his knee. Bobby doesn't run from his mama. Bobby runs to his mama because in mama's arms, mama can can make him can make it feel all better and mama can kiss that little boo-boo and, and I don't know it must be some holy spittle in mama's in mama's mouth or something because there's something about when mama just kisses that little boo-boo it's all better and God says and when you mess up and when you know that you messed up he says don't run from me don't run from my presence run to my presence. That's why he says in Hebrews chapter four, verse 16, he says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace. Mercy means you're, he's, he, he's compassion, that you might receive compassion and you find grace, strength, strength to help you in your time of need. Now, what did they do? They ran away from God and the Lord called to Adam. See, Adam's not even looking for God, but God is looking for Adam. Can I tell you a secret? When you stop looking for God, guess what? God never stops looking for you. He's calling your name, even while you're trying to sleep in the midnight hour. He, Becky, Billy, Shannon, I'm here. Where are you? Where are you? And, and then what, what did he say to him? He says, Adam, where are you? Where, why are you not where you used to be? Adam, you used to be so close to me. Adam, you used to run to me when I came in the garden. Adam, you used to walk with me and talk with me in the cool of the day. Where are you? Why are you no longer in my presence? And, and, and Adam said this, he says, he said, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden and I was, what's the third thing that happened? They were, he was afraid. He was afraid. He says, because I was naked, 
I hid myself. And he God is saying this to you tonight. He says, even when you miss it, and even when you feel like you're exposed, and even when it feels like shame and guilt and condemnation is trying to come up against you, and even when you when fear is trying to is trying to drive you away from God's presence, you, he says, You're doing it because you're afraid, because now you're exposed, not like God didn't already see what you did. He was already there. Remember, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. He goes with you everywhere you go. He sees what you see. He hears what you hear. And he, he, he's there when you do what it is that you do. See, most people used to, I used to think this, that the people would say, when you sin, the Holy Spirit leaves you. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Because Jesus said in John chapter 14, it says that he, that the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will live, he will not only be with you, but he will be inside of you. He'll be inside of your spirit and he will go wherever you go. Why would the Holy Spirit never leave you? Because if he left you, how are you going to get out of the mess that you're in? Remember, one of his jobs is to lead and guide you into all the truth. So what did Adam and Eve do? They hid themselves because they were afraid and because they were naked. Now, what I was talking to Pastor Julian about this earlier today. I said, you know, of all the questions God could have asked them when Adam said, man, I, I, I hid myself because I was afraid because I was naked. God could have could have been like, uh, how you know you naked? I mean, he didn't say any of that. You know what God said? Who told you you were naked? Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten? of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And it's the same thing with you. Who told you that you was no good? Who told you that you was not worthy? Who told you that you were not, no, God would never use you again? Who told you that your life was over? Who told you that, that you would never be anybody's husband? You'll never be anybody's wife. You'll never be able to produce kids. Who told you something? that God did not say, who told you that? If it wasn't from God, if it wasn't from God, it's not the final say. Who has the final say? Jehovah God has the final say. Who has the final say? Jehovah has the final say. We was talking about this last week, how in first Peter chapter two, verse nine, talking about how you are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, how that you will go forth and proclaim the, the, the manifold goodness of God who will once he, who he brought out of darkness into the marvelous light. And God said to, remind, to tell you, he says, when you think about darkness, when the Bible's talking about darkness, what does it mean? And when the Bible's talking about darkness, he says darkness means this. It means an absence of light, obscurity, uh, a want of clearness, 
it goes on, uh, one of clearness, he goes on to say this. He says, a quality of state in which renders anything difficult to understand. So when you're operating in darkness, you're operating in obscurity, you are operating in a, from a place of wanting to, you have no clearness, you have no quality, you don't, you render anything that you're looking at is difficult for you to understand. In fact, it says you are intellectually clouded Bottom line, you ignorant. Ignorant does not mean like, man, you ignorant. Not like that. Ignorant means unlearned. So the adversary, when he's putting all this condemnation on you, he's putting all this guilt on you. He's speaking all these negative words on you. He's trying to create all these strongholds over you. He's, the reason why he's doing it is to keep you in darkness. He wants to keep you where you have no clearness. You, you're always wanting for, you're always saying, man, I just want clarity about this situation. And, and I just want something, I just want to be able to understand it. And you're struggling to understand. And you're, you're in a state of intellectually, you are clouded. You, can, you have a fog and, and all your thoughts are fogged up because he's telling you all these lies, all these slanders, and he's accusing you and he's saying things about you that God never said. And God said, enough is enough. He says, I have given you light. Now, light means illumination to shine or to make manifest, especially by rays. It illuminates. In other words, it's luminous. It's bright. It's light. He says, in darkness, you can't, you can't clearly see anything. He says, but when the light shines on the situation, it makes everything clear. And that's the reason why we preach the word of God. The, re the reason why we preach the word of God can easily be found in Psalms 119 and verse 130. It says this, it says, break open my, open your word within me until revelation light shines out. Those with open hearts are given insight into your plans. So when you read the word of God, if you read it out of the King, New King James Version, it says this. It says the entrance of your word brings light. The entrance of your word brings revelation light. And it, and it revelation light shines. And when light shines on the situation, you can clearly see the way that you should go. You can clearly understand the decisions that need to be made. You can clearly understand the, the choices that need to happen when you hear the word of God. Now, and it says this in John chapter one, verse three, it talks about how Jesus is the light. It's not he's like, he's going to be the light. Jesus is the light. It goes on to say this, uh, John chapter one, verse number four says this. It says he is a fountain of the fountain of light was in him for his life is light for all humanity. And this light never fails to shine through darkness. So when you have Jesus on the inside of you, when you have his word on the inside of you, that light, the light of his word never fails to shine. The light that darkness could not overcome. So when you talk about greater is he that's on the inside of you than he that's in the world, you when you say you got Jesus on the inside of you and Jesus is the light and he's the light that's on the inside of you and that light never uh, uh, that light never fails to shine 
through darkness, even when darkness from the times you've missed it, even when situation and circumstances come upon you and you can't see your way clear because all the darkness is around you. All you have to do is like the song said, when I call his name, Jesus. And when you say Jesus, you set it off. When you say Jesus, guess what happens? That light shines from the inside of you. And what was once darkness, what once was once you couldn't see clear, what was once that you couldn't understand, what was once that your mind was just clouded with all these thoughts. When you say the name Jesus, when you begin to read the word, guess what happens when you read the word? The light that's on the inside of you begins to shine and it begins to illuminate. And, it, and it, his word says in Psalms 119, his word is a lamp unto your feet. It says it is a light unto your path. It will show you the way that you should go. And that's the reason why we can't be silent. That's the reason why people in the body of Christ cannot be silent because it says it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, as you are 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 says this, even if our gospel message is veiled, it is only veiled to those who are perishing for their minds have been, they're perishing. Why are their minds perishing? Verse four tells you why. It says, because their minds are perishing because for their minds have been blinded by the God of this age, talking about the adversary, leaving them in unbelief. Their blindness keeps them from seeing the day spring light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the divine image of God. He says, when you don't share the word, when you don't tell others about what it is that the word of God says, when you don't share with other people about what it is that you're learning about the word of God and what it is that God is saying about you and how God has brought you out and how he's delivered you and how you fail and how you bumped your knee and how you got on the word of God and you found out what the word of God says and you stop being just a hearer of that word, but you begin to apply it to your life and you begin to speak it over your life every single day. See, see, the thing is a God, it's not a one-time thing. You don't just like say it one day and it, it ain't go away because what the adversary does is he will try to wait you out. You think the fight is over and he's, he's just looking for another way to come back at you. Another time when you're hungry or you're sleepy or you're weak and you haven't been in the word, you haven't prayed, you haven't prayed in five days, you haven't cracked your Bible in three weeks, and you're like, I don't know why we it's kind of like somebody, if I gave you a if I gave you a saltine cracker with a little piece of cheese on Sunday afternoon and I didn't feed you any more the rest of the week and you couldn't get any more food other than that saltine cracker and that piece of cheese that I put on at the beginning of the week, by the time you got to about Wednesday or Thursday, you will be so wore out, you'll be so weak and your body is craving for something to eat. And when if anybody came up against you, it would take nothing for them to whoop you. It's no different when it comes to the word of God. It's no different when it comes to praying. It's no different when it comes to getting under the word of God and hearing the word of God preach. When you hear the word of God, what happens? Faith, persuasion, reliance, and assurance in the things of God comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm going to share this one last thing with you. And this is 
where we're going to close. I'm going to let you know there's nothing new under the sun. Everything that the adversary is doing right now, there's nothing new. Ain't nothing, ain't, there's nothing new that he came up with. He don't, he don't have a new trick bag that you've never seen before. The same thing he used to come at you with before you gave your life to Jesus is the same thing he's going to come at you with after you gave your life to Jesus. I know before I got saved, I used to, I, I mean, you know, I used to, hey, I didn't know how to do, I didn't know what love was all about. So I loved a different way, if you understand what I'm saying. I put it to you like this. When when they said, you know, uh, uh, they, when people say hey, on TV, hey, baby, let's make love. Well, you ain't making love if you ain't married. You just you just bumping uglies. You just having sex. And guess what? You can't have enough sex to satisfy your desire. Can I tell you that? You can't have enough sex to satisfy your desire. You can't drink enough drinks. You can't smoke enough weed. You can't snort enough coke to satisfy your flesh because your flesh will always want more. In fact, I'm going to tell you what God told me one day when I was, this is, this is before I knew God the way I know God today. He says, trying to have sex every time you hungry is and, and say you're going to quit. It's like giving yourself one full, a fillet uh, like somebody who's hungry and they give him one filet, one Lay's potato chip and says, go ahead, big fella, don't eat no more. He says, it's going to satisfy you for the moment. He says, but you still hungry. He says, and what's going to happen is you're going to keep going back to that same bag of chips. You're going to keep going back to that same bag of chips because you're going to, that flesh is going to be hungry and it's going to demand for you to feed it. He says, but if you come in, if you get inside of me, if you allow me to enter into your life, if you will accept my son, Jesus, your, as your savior, I'll show you a way out of it. He says, and I will, I will fill you up to such a, capacity, he says that you you won't hunger or thirst for that thing a, a, another day. Now, let me tell you, even after I made Jesus my Lord and Savior, guess what? The adversary didn't quit. He kept coming at me. And guess what he would do? He would bring your brand. Don't look at me with them judgmental eyes. You know your brand. You know what you like. You know, like, fellas, you know, lips, hips, fingertips, like, pop, 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 pop. You know. And ladies, you know, you know, uh, uh, tall, dark, handsome, built, buff, you know, like your boy, you know. But guess what? No amount of sex, no amount of drinking, a, a smoking, or whatever, gambling, whatever it is you do. Can I tell you about something about sex? No matter how much sex you have, you know what happens after you get through having sex, and they don't did, they don't. Uh, tucked it, flipped it, rubbed it down. Oh boy, yeah. Guess what happens when you go home? It only reminds you of just how long alone you are. So what do you got to do? You got to try to fill that void with something else. You got to keep trying to fill that void and fill that void. Well, I tell you, I put you up on it right now. God says there's no temptation has overtaken you. Means when you are tempted, there's nothing new under the sun. And He says, except that which is common to man. He says, but God is faithful. Say that with me. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able, but with the temptation also make a way of escape. 
So even when you're in the midst of temptation, he'll make a way of escape. He will tell you which way to go. He will tell you, get up, get out of here. He will tell you, stop messing with that person because they no good. I'm going to tell you what he told me. And I, I'm, I can snitch on me a lot better than you can snitch on me. When I was in uh, Starbucks one day, this lady walked in there. She had this dress on and she walked and she walked past me a couple times. And when she walked past me, I already knew the Holy Spirit says, don't speak to her. I'm like, don't speak. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm from the South. We speak to everybody. He says, don't speak to her. So she walked past. I didn't say a word. You know what she did when I didn't even acknowledge her? She sat at a seat that was adjacent to where it was. I was a little, she had on this little bitty dress and she sat up on this high bar stool. And, there, uh, uh, and you know, in Starbucks, they have those high bars, those stools. And he says, don't even look her direction because what she's trying to do, the moment you look at her, the moment you speak to her, you just gave her validation. And guess what she's going to do? She's going to push you to the next level. You know what I said? Devil, you a lie. I already got my banana pudding. I already got my bone. I God didn't I already got my rib. God didn't make no spare ribs. He only gave me one rib, and it take all the effort I got to take care of that rib. Why the world would I would want to try to mess with something else? But it didn't stop him from trying, and it doesn't mean he's gonna stop you. You know, he might not use the same person, but I'm gonna tell you this: he's gonna use the same game again because he can't create anything new he has success with that plague on you before he gonna try to come at you again now that you know that your weapon against that is the word of god your weapon against that is the name of jesus you realize that the light of his word illuminates your mind and you realize that when you use that name the name of jesus every knee bows every tongue confess that jesus is Lord. God says it's enough. God says enough. He says, I don't want my people to be in darkness another moment. I don't want them to be clouded. I don't want them to be confused. I don't want them to be in the fog. He says, when I've already given you the light that would illuminate your life, that's it, my son, Jesus. He is the light and he illuminates your life and he opens your eyes so that you can clearly see the de deceptions of the adversary. You can clearly see that the way that you're going is against what it is God has for you. He says, but there's nothing new under the sun. And the reason why I'm telling you this tonight, God says, there's nothing new under the sun. And you need to tell yourself, not after today. Not after today. Now that I know, now that I, my mind and my eyes have been illuminated by this word, not after today, because the case is closed. Now, if you have never accepted Jesus before as your personal Lord and Savior, man, that's where you got to start at. Remember, the, there's the, the case is closed the moment you come into joint union, life union with our Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like to give you an opportunity to do that with me tonight in accordance to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, which says this. It says the word, the light. Jesus is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. That's the word of faith, which we preach that if you will confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Saved means healed, set free, delivered, protected, made whole. He says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So you can't, the, the thing is a God, you can't keep silent. 
You talk about everything else. Why would you not talk about the word of God? You say everything else. Why would you not say what the word of God has to say about you? When the adversary starts telling you stuff, about, say stuff about your old man, you still talk to him about who you are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. You are a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus in accordance to 2 Corinthians 5.21. So I'm giving you an opportunity to come into life union with him right now in the name of Jesus. Pray this prayer with me. Confess it out of your mouth. Mean it out of your heart. And he will come into your heart right now. Say, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carry my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I repent of sin. I receive your offer of forgiveness. Right now, I'm born again. Right now, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. And right now, I'm in right relationship with Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you pray that prayer for the very first time, or you pray that prayer in rededication, man, we rededicate all the time. I want to thank you for call, congratulate you on your decision, welcome you into the kingdom of God, welcome you into right relationship with the Father, welcome you into right position. Now, what do you do now, man? You got to get in a word-based church. It talks to you about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, talks to you about the kingdom of God, but also talks to you about the love of God. We know that Ignite Depot was such a place, so we invite you to join us here each week, starting next week, each week at 5 p.m. Eastern time. What did we say? 5 p.m. Eastern time. So we'll be coming on a Coming on an hour earlier. And when we come on, guess what's going to happen? We're going to preach the word of God. And, about, and, and, and what's going to happen? Your eyes are going to be illuminated. and You're going to be able to see. And darkness is going to have to flee because the light has entered into the room. And as a result of it, your life will forever be changed. Now, if you, if, uh, you want to hear this message again, man, please like, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Facebook channel. And uh, we also have a podcast. That podcast is Ignite the Number Two Life, Ignite to Life po audio podcast, where you hear this message and all the other messages that go along with it. Now, on behalf of Pastor Juin and the entire Night Nation, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. And I want to remind you, when God says enough, he's already given you the victory. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you.